Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are going to sit in the forest and listen to the seasons change, I guess, or sit there for a full year in the woods. <laughs> and the uh, Paolo, Mayor, Paolo Mori game, Rustling Leaves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, just choked on my drink. Oh, my God. Getting, emo- oh, no. getting emotional right away. <laughs> getting all choked up. <laughs> I really love this one. Rustling Leaves is a game that came out in 2020. Uh, it is a roll and write, and it calls itself the roll and write through all four seasons. So it's the roll and write for your full year. Uh, it plays one to six. It says two to six, but you could play this by yourself, I guess. But I think that uh, it plays much better with a few people. Uh, 20, t- 20 minute playing time and age eight plus. And community agrees this time. Eight plus on the money. It's weighted at 1.73 out of five. Uh, like I said, it's designed by Paolo Mori and art by Ellie Yeager uh, and published by Cosmos. And yeah, this is a fun little uh, roll and write, an interesting one. This is a, a German game. The original name is Salarauschen. Like yes. <laughs> I'm never. Something I always like pronounce that. it wrong. Yeah. I have a friend who does speak German, and occasionally be like, I think it's like Blederauschen, but I yeah, I, yeah. one of those vowels yeah, is definitely wrong. As pro- <laughs> yeah, German's never as pronounced and aggressive as all Americans think it is, because I think. We're raised on terrible German accent in movies, and we're all just like, yeah, you know German. (laughs) You know, German. (laughs) Yeah, I always, uh, it's fun to pronounce German words crazily, though. For the Blatterauschen, it will always be to me. Uh, Yeah, let's get into it. How do you play this game? Um, This is a game, like I said, four seasons, so there are clearly four seasons we're going to do. But let's talk about the exact rules, and then we'll talk a little bit more about our thoughts about Blatterauschen. In this game, each person is going to get their own little sheet of paper. Uh, according to whatever season you are playing. So everyone would be playing in the same season, either uh, winter, spring, summer, or fall, uh, and they will all have that same thing. They'll all be scoring the same way. Uh, these cards basically have a it's a 10 by 10 grid of a, just a bunch of different symbols, mostly trees, but a bunch of other things that you can find in nature depending on the season. So it could be a bunch of fruits if it's the summer, or it could be arctic foxes if it's the fall, or uh, mushrooms. I'm sorry, the arctic foxes are in the winter, mushrooms are in the fall, and a bunch of <laughs> birds and bears in the, in the springtime, and insects all abound. Anyway... Uh, the the essential rules and the nitpicky things are all dependent on the season, but the overarching uh, game is going to be the same from game to game. Uh, once everyone has their own sheet, uh, the sheets themselves have six numbered spaces on them. These are the starting spaces for every person. Each person will take their own unique starting space. So someone might say, well, I'm taking space one. The next person will say, I'm taking space five. It's whatever your preference is, and you can't duplicate one of those starting locations. Um, Once everyone has a starting location, then we'll mark it that that is their starting location. It's just to indicate where their first, I'm going to call it a bounding box, can go. Uh, All future ones will go adjacent to previously set ones, but it has nothing to do with that starting location whatsoever. Essentially, on on a turn, the dice will get rolled. There are two dice. These are special dice. Uh, on the dice, they are numbered ones, 
two, two, three, three, and four. Uh, so two and three are much more likely. And there are, uh, there's also sides that have clouds on them. Uh, it does not count as something. It's just one of the twos is a two with a cloud. Uh, that comes into play on some of the different things. Uh, I'll kind of touch on that in a bit. Once those numbers are rolled, uh, people basically will make a bounding box. So if the numbers 2 and 3 are rolled, they will make a 2 by 3 box or a 3 by 2 box. Uh, the first one must encapsulate the starting space. Uh, if it is not the, the first one, then it must be adjacent to a previously drawn uh, bounding box that you've drawn. Uh, once you have drawn this, this bounding area, this fenced-in area, uh, you are going to pick a feature, or possibly multiple features, depending on the thing, but it's usually just a single feature, and you will mark off how many of that feature is in the bounding box that you chose. Uh, so for example, if it was the winter time, you might choose the conifer trees, uh, the evergreen trees, and you will just mark off however many evergreen trees were in that area. Any other symbols that are in that area, you do not care about most of the time. There are a few exceptions, uh, but most of the time you are not paying attention to them. You're just going to kind of shade in the area to indicate, yep, you've used that space, that area is done with, you'll never come back to it, uh, and then it's cut off. Uh, and then you will keep rolling the two dice, and you will keep doing bounding boxes. There are a few ways you can kind of bend the rules. Uh, everyone always has a joker to use. Uh, this joker, depending on the season, will change one of the two dice. Both dice are the same, but one is colored like a white color, one is a green color. Uh, it's There's no difference between the two other than the colors, uh, but the seasons may tell you, oh, you can only change the value of the green die once, or you may only change the value of the white die once. Um, but you you can use it anytime you wish, but you can only use it once. So you may have a CB in winter and go, ooh, gosh, a, a two, three, and the three is on the white die. Yeah, I'm going to use my joker and change that three to a one. And it's only for you personally. Everyone else has to still use the whatever was rolled unless they also use their joker. So you can change the size in that way. It's a one-time use thing. Uh, you also have the opportunity to just say, you know what? I'm just not going to mark anything. And you have uh, six times throughout the game that you can do that. Once you have gone the sixth time, uh, that is an, a game ender. So that will end the game for everybody. Uh, otherwise, the game will end once everybody just decides to pass. Uh, anytime before the dice are rolled, you always have the option to go, you know what? I'm out, I'm done, I'm just going to score everything I have. Uh, so this is one of, you know, a weird roll and write in which people kind of drop out at their own pace. So it could be that someone drops out early, someone might want to drop out, but they think they're behind, so they just keep going and hoping that the dice roll low numbers uh, is basically what happens. Uh, each Once everyone has dropped out, then everybody will score all the different features that they had. And I'll go over a few of them. I'm not going to go over all of them because basically every season has about, ooh, gosh, like seven, eight, nine different features that they are scoring. Uh, so, for example, in winter, uh, each of the evergreen trees will score you one point for every single one of them that you marked off. Uh, and you only are allowed to mark them off if you also have a, a snowflake in the bounding area that you did it. So there are a few restrictions on that one. Uh, with, with the Arctic foxes, uh, for example, you can only mark them off if you've contained only one 
uh, fox during the bounding box phase, and you will score three point for every one that you did. So if you make a bounding box and there's two foxes in it, you can't do it. Uh, in the summertime, for example, there are also just those a bunch of fruits. You can mark off apples, cherries, and peaches. You only get to mark off one fruit when doing a bounding box, but at the end of the game, you will take the product of all the totals of each of them to score. Uh, there are also some things that you don't want to bound off. Uh, so there are certain ones, say, for example, uh, there are snakes in summer, uh, and you get three points for every snake you didn't enclose. Or it's possible in the summer also there's mosquitoes, and if you don't enclose enclose any of the mosquitoes and by enclose i mean actually contain in a bounding box not actually selected you can't select them uh if you didn't enclose any mosquitoes you get 15 points at the end of the game uh there's also in the fall for example there are mushrooms where if you bound any mushrooms there are two different types uh one of the types of mushrooms gains you points the other one loses you points and in that case if you have either of the two types of mushrooms you will mark off all of those different types of mushrooms so it's one of those things where you might gain but you might also lose in the fact uh there's also in spring there are ones where there are two different types of birds and you can only mark it off if you have both types of birds in your enclosure that you picked uh, there are also ones where if you whoever gets the most clover leaves or if you got all of the um, uh, rainbows in the thing, you get a bunch of points. So they all score vastly differently. Some of them even require that uh, you can only do it if a cloud shows up on the dice. Some of them say you can only do it if clouds don't show up on the dice. Some of them determine how much how many points one symbol is worth based on how many symbols of another thing you got worth. Uh, also, in the middle of the board, there is a river going down the track, although in summer it that river has run dry. Uh, so there may be some where it goes. You cannot cross the river uh, straight over with a bounding box, but you can do it adjacent-wise. There are some where you score a point every time you cross a river. There are some times where you lose a point every time you cross a river. In summer, it does not matter because the river has run dry, so it, you, they, they don't even care about that anymore. So th there's a lot of variation between all the seasons. Whoever has the most points by the time everyone has passed or the game has ended uh, wins the game. Uh, and also, anytime you use the I'm not going to use any of the dice, that marks off you will lose three points every time you do that. So you're usually trying to avoid that. Again, highest points wins, and that's that's the game. There you go. That is it. Rustling leaves or blatteration. Uh, yeah, this is such an interesting one. I it's it seems at first blush like it's it, it just reminds me of those nineteen eighties educational oh yeah, yeah. style art. Uh, and uh, so I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> it doesn't. It's got an interesting and a very art like when you look closely at it, artistic expression. But for me personally, I think it just kind of does not like fly off the shelves at you. The box does, but like the actual um, uh, player cards or player sheets seem. For some reason, they fall short to me in art-wise, but I don't know. What do you think about the art? I personally just like the art. I think it's a like, different eh. direction. Um, the 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 booklet that it comes in actually separates it. They have like a little sheet right in front uh, for each season. It comes in one big uh, little kind of notepad type thing, and the it has little cover pages for each season. So the the cover page it's the same location in a forest, but it's just in in each season. I think it's really cute. But uh, I, I personally like that kind of art style. I like 
uh, kind of a retro kind of feel, but I can see how some people might not like it. Yeah, the the art between the pages, like the that de- designates the season. I do love that <laughs> that art, but for some reason, the smaller they got on the pages, it just uh, yeah, it doesn't fly for me. But anyway, the game, luckily, is really good. I really like this one uh, for sure. This is one you introduced to us, and it's it's such an interesting uh, way to do it. I'm not. There's nothing quite like this. I can't think of another game that's quite like this where you have to make your own scoring areas as the game progresses. I mean, I'm sure there's something similar, but uh, it just felt very unique and fresh to me. And and the gameplay itself was really fun. And the fact that there are four seasons with four different scoring structures in them or um, uh, uh, things that score in different ways, I should say, um, in them just really make this game uh, surprisingly – I was very surprised at how much I liked it, Yeah, (laughs) the gameplay itself. So, um, what's what are your thoughts? What's your experience with you taking Blood Rush? Now you've played this a bit more than I have, and so uh, yeah, we really liked it when we. Uh, it I, us. I I've taken it a I lot. <laughs> I, guess uh, I actually got this early. I heard about it on a different podcast, and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I've got to get it. I like something with a bit of a different mechanism, and I've got a lot of rolling rights. And this one, as you mentioned, is it's very different, and I'm just like, I've got to get it. It was only available in German, uh, so I ordered it off of Amazon Germany. Uh, I received it. I made my own translation of it so that whenever anyone else play it, they could somewhat <laughs> understand what's written on these sheets of papers because they do have, like, little notes on, like, okay, this is kind of how it scores. There's no, like, other reference, but uh, you can kind of do that. So I had to remake all the sheets. I also made them uh, so that I could laminate them and so you could use with dry erasers. Uh, I think it plays really well. Uh, for the most part, it's it's really interesting. You can vary it up. It's not always the same game. Going into it, yeah, you, I definitely felt, you know, I like the mechanism, but I feel like it's going to kind of, it, it feels like it's going to be shorter than it is, but it is not. Uh, you usually start heading down one path, and the numbers, depending on what they are that come out, you're like, oh, gosh, I I, I need a 3 by 2 Somebody please roll a 3 by 2 uh, And it's just, it never comes out, or it, it everything goes your way and you get exactly what you need and then halfway through you're like oh no i've i've covered up all the squirrels i can't i can't get any more squirrels because i've accidentally covered them up getting other things dang it so like either you're kind of headed towards one track of scoring points or you're kind of diversifying a little bit but you're always making kind of really tough decisions of oh god even whether or not you should jump out of the game there have been games that i've lost because i jumped out just one turn too early i'm like no, this is gonna. And the roll is gonna be a three four or a four four, and I can't fit either of those. If you can't fit it, you then just have to take the penalty. And I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not gonna take it. You know, if if a one one showed up, I that would be great. But the likelihood of that and the next one's a one one, and, and someone else scores something, and I, and I lose it by like two points. I'm like, wow, if I would just stuck in, that would have been three points. Ah, and so it's there's interesting decisions it's it plays really quickly uh the only thing slowing the game down is that because there are four different seasons and because each season has so many different things that score and they all score ever so slightly differently uh even from season to season you might think oh yeah that score is just the same as that but now it's this no it's like there's just a little tweak where it's like well those you score when you pair them together those you don't pair them together but you need to have a pair or you know they 
they they score at the end separately, but when you mark them off, they're individual. Like there's little tiny things that make them seem similar, but they are definitely very distinct and different. And so just kind of getting used to like, oh, okay, now this this is how this scores exactly. I was confusing it with the last time. That is like the only real big hiccup for me is that there's a lot of different variation and I think if you just stick with the season and play it maybe two times, maybe three times in a row, everyone around the table, especially those who aren't used to playing roll and write games, they're kind of get into it. But if you're if you're going with complete newbies and you're switching seasons every game, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a you know a real slog of a game. I think just re-explaining everything <laughs> over and over uh, to the crowd. So, but. Yeah. But, but I like That's it. A good point. I mean, I like something. This is different. I have tons of roller rights where they all kind of feel just a little bit the same because I've definitely had ones where I pull something out like, oh, oh, it's like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. Whereas this one, it's very different. And I like that about this game. Yeah, it's super unique. It does. There are those great moments of like, because it's kind of that mo- that mm-hmm. Tetris feeling where you are literally fitting Tetris shapes, but also. Uh, you're also adding this layer of like trying to Tetris them around scoring options with at the bottom of the sheet. That's just like, it's so yeah. So you got to fit it, and you've got to figure that out at the same time to score that correctly too. So it's an interesting dynamic of two things that that do. Uh, I don't know. I would never have thought to put this together in this way. So it's just, I would definitely agree. I really like this game as well. It's very unique. And uh, yeah, once again, I, the fact that each season's different and that replayability, I could definitely see what you're saying though about having to constantly re-explain the rules. But a lot of lot of replayability here for sure, and because like even the basics, just sticking with one season for a while, there's a lot of different ways to do that, and each game feels a little bit different yeah. the way the die roll. So really, really cool. I I'm very impressed with Blatterauschen. Uh Okay, let's say let's. Uh, what if you're going to take this out? You could. You could actually play this. Uh, just I only play winter in winter. You could be very strict about it uh, if you wanted to and take it out. So if you did such a thing, this game, as most Roland Rights do, are, is going to be a pretty good table fit or pretty easy table fit. Um, basically, you've got your playing sheet in front of you, and you've got your dice and a pencil, and that is pretty much it. Um, yeah, what's the size of the box? Um, is it, it's uh, one of those medium, small size. I don't know if that's a horrible description. Uh, but it's about, I'd say, seven and a half inches by maybe five inches. It's it's kind of the size of box that uh, the, what is it, the Ravensburger has those, like, small boxes of, say, for example, um, Castles of Burgundy, the card game, or Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. Uh, like the the small Ravensburger box, it's about that size. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it could fit in a coat pocket, maybe not a pocket, uh, jeans pocket, but easy to tote around. Easily like, fits uh, in like a most purse. Rights, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, the, so getting it on the table is going to be easy. Uh, the vibe of this, um, I, I'd say, there's definitely a decent amount of like awareness of other players because you're kind of um, mock- checking what they're doing and comparing it to your strategy or what you're doing, you kind of have the same sort of scoring conditions or you do have the same sort of scoring conditions. So you can kind of see what they're doing. So I find myself oh, yeah. like glancing over while we were playing this for sure. And so I think there's a lot of interactivity that you don't get in a lot of roll and rights. And, uh, 
Uh, and I mean, you're also talking to and commiserating or, <laughs> you know, if you're frustrated, that, oh, I can't fit this shape anymore. Yeah. What was I thinking before? Then, you know, you're going to you're going to have those moments, too, where you <laughs> can commiserate with each other. So I uh, have a surprisingly good vibe for rolling right as well and uh, in table interactivity. Um, let's see who is this for and who it's not for. I'd say, once again, it's this, like we said before, it is a very, very unique game. And I think it is, most gamers would get a kick out of this. Even if you're not hugely into rolling rights, I think you'd appreciate the originality of this little, clever little game. Um, who it's not for? I don't know. Do we, do we have a default for, like, who rolling rights are I, not for? I mean, I definitely know people who just I, like, I think I don't if like you're rolling not rights, into so. rolling rights, this one might change your mind. There's definitely something interesting about it. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna say there's a there's a five percent chance it could change your mind on Roland Rights, this one. <laughs> Most likely if you're not into Roland Rights, it's probably not going to, but this one has a little bit of interesting depth to it. A lot of really interesting mechanics that go into it. Um it's possible, as I mentioned earlier, if you're like really new to the to the gaming genre, maybe it's not for you. Uh, because there is a lot of like, okay, then I have to keep track of this and that, and I forgot what that does again. And you know, as, even if you, if, if for some reason you bought the German version uh, and you didn't put the work in to make it an English version, that also might not be for you. <laughs> yes, if you do have to speak German, and yeah, don't have that uh, time, this might not be for you. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because this is a game I think like you and I both really like Roland Rights and so we're like, "Oh wow, you know, it's really innovative." And and it is, but it's also like I I wonder with this if this is the one to change my the mind of some of my friends because I definitely have a couple friends who are just not into Roland Rights and I don't think they can exactly articulate why. <laughs> they just don't like them. Uh but every once in a while like we just played one last night um which was kind of a Roland Right hybrid. And but it was a rolling right at the end of the day you were marking off your sheet, um, and they're like, "Oh, this rolling right I like." Cause it's not really a right. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Does this does this become not a rolling right because it does feel more like a board game it is, puzzle? Than it is very puzzling, and I like that. It's there are definitely times where you're sitting there going, "All right, you know what? Heck with it. I'm marking off a mosquito. I'm just going to forego the 15 points because I think I can make up the the score." by doing these other things. And it's that worrying about these mosquitoes is just, you know, hamstringing me into not scoring the points I want to score. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it this way. And making those really cool, interesting decisions is, is really, you know, the meat of this game of trying to figure out, all right, what is the, what is the best way to do it? What, what am I going to focus on? And what am I going to completely ignore? And that is really the mm. key to this game. Yeah, that's a good point. It does give you a lot of strategy, like experiments to yeah. do. You know, like different ways to approach it. So even in one season on one sheet, you're going to get a lot of that. Uh, trying to make okay, well, that, I'm try to do it this way this time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I definitely, I really like this game. I think if you, are, the people who are really going to like this, are, are going to already like Roland Rights. Um, yeah, but even if you have a passing interest in Roland Rights, uh, then still, I think this would draw you in. And those hardcore anti Roland Right people. Uh, I don't. I would definitely try this one out because this does kind of straddle that yeah. line. 
as a roll and write to into board game, really like familiar board game feeling strategies. And yeah. uh, does a great job. I would with especially it. So, say anyway, very few uh, people are. If, like if you have tons of rolling rights and you're like, God, but I have so many rolling rights, I would make an exception for this one. This one is de- definitely doing something different. That is like, I, I know there, are, I think before I got this, I'm just like, God, but I have so many rolling rights. This one, when I heard how it worked, I'm just like, ah, I'm sorry. This one, I've got to get this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Uh, would your mom like it, though? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think your mom would like this one. I don't think she'd like it at all. I think uh, I think she would be just kind of annoyed with this one. It's like, what? Oh, the, I have to watch out for mosquitoes? <laughs> Come on. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give this a no I'm for your mom. I'm also you giving it a no. I think there's just too many things that score too many different ways. And I think she just she, she would just get frustrated because she's like, I can't remember what I'm supposed to cross off and what I'm not supposed to cross off and whether or not I should be crossing the river and how the cr- crossing river works in some cases. Like she's just going to get lost and irritated. And, and I think she's just not going to have the enjoyment that she that that she should have out of the game. So, yeah, this is a definite no. All right. All right. Yep. Solid. No, we're in consensus. Uh, okay, everybody, let's see. Um, we have covered it all. What else do we have? How do we end this episode? How do we I get know. out of here? I feel like we should do some sort of like rustling Rush. sound effect that we'll add in later. <laughs> okay. And rustle You're going to do way a rustling sound effect. <laughs> all right. Kaz, reminder in the future to cut in a rustling sound effect. <laughs> Got it. Remember also to delete this part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Well, uh, cue rustling sound effect. Oh, wait. No, hold on. I've got to tell you how to get a hold of us. Then we'll cue that. Uh, or you could cue it, you you could get a hold cue of it us now and have different... it just in the background, right? There you go. Ah, Perfect. there we go. Okay. Cue rustling leaves sound effect now. Okay. Of course, you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways if you'd like to reach out at ch- uh, Chitter, uh, not Chitter and Instagram, Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page. Fill out our comment form there. We'd love to hear from you guys. And until then, let the leaves carry Ah, you away. Bye. Catch you next time.